FDBHDD is reminding Georgians to ask their doctor about alternatives to opioid pain medication. Alternatives such as over-the-counter medications and physical therapy can be used to manage pain. More information at opioidresponse.info. From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Shaking Knees Music Festival begins today, and soon flocks of fans are going to be streaming into Atlanta's Central Park. One of the acts that you can catch this afternoon. I feel so blue without you, girl. I need your love. That's why I'm down. You're not around now. I need your love. Atlanta-based soul and R&B musician Curtis Harding. You're listening to his song, Need Your Love, as we kick off a conversation with Curtis, who's back home joining me now in the studio. Hello and welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. So you were actually born in Saginaw, Michigan. I was. But your family came to Atlanta when? When you were in your teenage years? Yeah. Um... Like 23 years ago, mm-hmm. um, my mother and my father are both um, from from the South. Mother's from Alabama. My dad's from Tennessee. I mean, you moved around a lot before that, right? Yeah, quite a bit. So yeah. Atlanta, do you feel like it's home? Of course. Yeah, I have a lot of family. My immediate family's here. My mom, my my pops, and who are my your your dad's a mechanic. Your mom, Dorothy Harding. Uh, was very involved in church and a traveling mm-hmm. gospel singer. So you started performing with her at a pretty young age. What are some memories of that time? Do you remember like your first time on stage? I do not remember my first time on stage, uh, which goes to show I was very young. Um, I do have memories of of singing with her on multiple occasions and with my sisters and, and family, other family members and just people in the congregations across America. In so church. You've been singing in front of people for a really long time. Yeah, for a long time. Is it old hat to you, or does it still feel new and exciting when you're doing it? It is uh, it is an old hat. I've been doing that for a long time. <laughs> been wearing that it. hat for a while. <laughs> so microphone always close to your mouth. Microphone check. <laughs> <laughs> that must be something, though. You know, the audience comes to those shows. They always want to hear the hits. So what is that like for you? You know, they want to hear Need Your Love again. Well, you know, the cool thing about songs like that is that it excites people and makes them happy. So, but it's it's just a, it's just a song. It's just like any song that that I have to do over and over again. It's, it just becomes a repetitive, mm-hmm. monotonous kind of. You got to figure out some way to make it new. Yeah, you have to find new and creative ways to present them to yourself first, and then to the audience to to keep it um, new and exciting. I don't know because it's like once I record the song, actually, I'm kind of just done with it. I was like, all right, this is what it is. Okay, you're that kind of a creative guy. Yeah, I like to move on. Yeah. I like to keep them, keep them coming. We're trying to decode Curtis Harding right now. <laughs> 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 well, outside of singing with your mother, you started your own music, your career with a number of collaborations, hip-hop group Proceed. And while doing promotion for LaFace Records, you met CeeLo Green. Where did that, right. that bring you? Um, it brought me to musical collaboration with him, writing... Uh, sang backup uh, for him for a number of years and just a lot of uh, relationships and friendships that are still alive and blooming this day Mm -hmm. so yeah it was was good and you sang on his album 2010 Lady Killer there was a track there that you co-wrote called Grand Canyon What do you remember of that song? Or did you have you already moved on from that? 
I have actually, you know what? I haven't revisited that song um, in a long time. I think that was that song actually came out on the special edition CD. If I'm not in those days, it was CDs. <laughs> I remember what those are. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was a beautiful song. You also collaborated with Cole Alexander of the band The Black Lips. We just spoke to them last week. They're also playing at Shaky Knees. So you've you know performed this variety of gospel, soul, R and B, and so. After collaborating with so many different people, how did you find your own sound with that? Um, you just kind of, you you take the good things from, you know, very selfishly from people that you work with and you add them to your repertoire and you just, you keep it, you keep it going in a, in a positive fashion. You've called your own style of music slop and soul. What does that mean? Um, nothing and everything at the same time. <laughs> All right. I need you to decode that for us. Well, at the time... Um, I figured if I didn't call it something, somebody else would. So I was like, hmm, what can I call it? You know, like the Black Lips had Flower Punk and the Growlers had Beach Goth. I was like, all right, Slop and Soul sounds good. But Slop and Soul, I mean, those two together. Well, yeah, you know, Soul is the foundation. Um, And just Slop is, to me, at the time I was and not a very good guitar player and still kind of just like getting my chops up. And, you know, it's like on the farm, Slop is what you give the pigs. And it's a amalgamation of just like everything that you that's from the table and feed and whatever else that helps sustain the farm and it flows and it's funky it's runny sometimes you know and it, it, it sustains the farm so I was like all right that that makes sense you know my music is a mixture of different genres and different ideas so always and still being influenced by my friends by by art in general um, just people conversations that I have yeah slop and so with so being the foundation so that's where that came from are there any conversations like, you know, a young musician might ask you, what's something somebody told you that really made a difference? Any of those come to mind? I know you're halfway hmm. through your first cup of coffee now, so. <laughs> hmm, some advice, huh? I mean, someone, or just a conversation. Uh, one time, a guy told me I was going through a very dark time. He was like, Curtis, you know, the darkness is fine. You, you will find you, always find you. Just seek out the light, you know? So that was something that always stuck with me. Um, as far as just like vocally, CeeLo told me one time, he was like, you know, you don't have to push it all the way with your with your vocal styles. You just have to like mean it. So sometimes you you just do like a, a simple run. But the way he put it was like, in terms of like, you just, <laughs> you don't have to commit murder. <laughs> First time you go, you just do a simple assault and battery. And I, I was like, oh, okay, all right. That makes, I think that makes sense. Like it, which means what he was saying is like, you don't have to be so, in, in singing, you do like a bunch of runs sometimes. It's like, oh, you go all over the map with your, but sometimes you just have to just sing it to the point to where you mean what you say and then people would get it. So. Oh, that's, yeah. I, that reminds me of, what, who was it? Art Blakey said that sometimes in the music, it's the pauses. Yeah. Like you don't have to be yeah. throwing it at it exactly. all the time. You don't have to throw it out there all the time. So as long as you mean what you say, like I said, you don't technically have to be the best singer. You just have to like mean it, sing it, sing it with feeling. Well, let's hear a little bit of you meaning it. This is from uh, your 2014 album, Soul Power. This is Freedom. Wherever you go, there you are, smiling on you from afar. That is Curtis Harding singing Freedom. That is from his 2014 album. Now he's here in Atlanta. He's going to be performing at Shaky Knees this afternoon at 2 o'clock. 
really something to see. But, all right, so you you don't push it all the time, but you do have a really broad vocal range, including a distinctive falsetto. Was that something that you naturally developed singing with your mom, or did you ever you know take lessons? No, I never took lessons. It was definitely something natural that just happened. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh wow, I can do that. <laughs> That's cool. So you know, it's just a thing that just happened. Don't know where it comes from. And you got to test it all out there, singing with your mom. How did? And so was she encouraging you on? Was she? I don't know. Somebody that I think oftentimes when you're with a parent, mm-hmm. there's a whole different dynamic there. There's pride. There's joy. What was it for you and your mom? Do you think? Uh, she encouraged me to to sing in church. She didn't encourage me to do other stuff. That's that's the only thing she wanted me to do. Did she, you know, there are the old stories of people's parents don't want them to get away from the church music. Uh, of course not. Uh, no, nah, she she was adamant about me staying, um, just doing gospel music and doing what she wanted um, or what she thought that, you know, I should do. Then let's talk about your music. A few years later in 2017, you release your second album, recorded in New York with some production from Danger Mouse and Sam Cohen. It's called Face Your Fear. What does that mean? You talked earlier about... Being told to find the light, what does it mean to face your fear? I mean, you know, you just have to, uh, I think that when people are are afraid, you're kind of easily manipulated into doing certain things. And if you face your fear, even small things, just like, you know, fear of flying or something, then you're, you're, you leave yourself open to, to gain new experiences and learn, possibly learn and meet people that you might have never even thought you would know. And that that opens you up to like, you know, a brighter future, um, broadens your horizon. So super simple. Let's hear a little bit from that album. This is the opening track. It's called Wednesday Morning Atonement. So this is a story we're hearing there of a father missing his children. What inspired this? Um, not recording for a long time. I was uh, I was kind of on a hiatus trying to figure out what I wanted to do next and who I wanted to work with. And I felt like I was neglecting music and just songwriting. So um, those were kind of your children in right, a way that exactly. you were trying to grow. Exactly. So that's where that that's where that concept came from. But I mean, it took it kind of took on a deeper meaning. Um, once the song came to to life, to fruition, and it's, it can be translated into a, a song about a father who, like, literally has been missing his children. So, but for me, it's it's about music and atonement. That is a that is a word that has a lot of different a lot of mm-hmm. different layers of meaning. Right. Um, I'm wondering about you know the kind of redemptive spirit from. That old gospel tradition does that does that still carry something for you? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. Mm. It's there, but I mean, that's once the song was done, that was the atonement that was that that happened for me. The kids were birthed there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, I, that was it. That was the apology. Twenty eighteen yeah. was a huge year for you too. You released two singles. It's not over and where we are. And you embarked on a U.S. and European tour, opening for Lenny Kravitz. What was that experience like? Was, big, big arenas, I'm guessing. Big yeah, shows. We, we played some Roman coliseums, like literally. It was, it was wild. It was great. Lenny is really down to earth, 
but he is a rock star. He's one of the last rock stars, in my opinion, and in a lot of other people's opinions, too, that I've talked to. But it was a great experience just to see that, um, just to see him live on that, on that sort of scale and still killing it night after night, mm. him and his band. So he's got, he's got to make friends with those songs over and over again, too. Yeah. Yeah, he does. But they find a way to do it. You know, it's, I, I think it's, <laughs> it's this, he definitely plays in a different arena a different it's a it's a different kind of uh vibe and it's a great vibe and it's one that i appreciate and that um i don't think is done anymore on that scale we've lost a lot of people like in the past three years three or four years that knew how to do that night after night because it wasn't just about it's about the music always but it's but being able to put on a performance Mm. you know it's like it's something completely different than just getting up there and just playing a song so being able to do that night after night is amazing to see. And I think that people are going to miss Lenny when he decides to hang it up. Well, as we wrap up, you're performing just after two today at the Petrie stage at Shaky Knees. What's it like to be the hometown act for a big festival like this? It's great. I get to like lay on my sofa and roll up to the venue, not to the park. <laughs> And, and play some shows, then go back and lay on my sofa <laughs> for a second at least. Well, thank you for pausing from all of that to talk with us uh, today. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Curtis Harding, Atlanta-based soul R&B musician, let's say slop and soul musician, performing at Shaky Knees Music Festival today at 2 o'clock. And we're going to leave you with another song from Curtis Harding called Where We Are. Peace! Coming up, Beyonce stopped the world again when she dropped Homecoming. Up next, take a seat at the table with Christine and Deneen as they dig through its many layers of meaning. I'm Virginia Prescott. Stay with us for that and more on Second Thought. We walked around till the sun went down as the skyline played the stars.